The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. As you know, uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm big into reactive stress management and chronic stress monitoring because for one, it's easy, and two, at least in my case, and I know you have to take what I say with a grain of salt, but in my case, it didn't take very long to see a noticeable reduction in the frequency and severity of my UC flares, my ulcerative colitis. And as awesome as that is, and it is awesome on multiple levels, it still doesn't replace being proactive about your health, including stress management, which affects your productivity and overall performance. But what occurred to me over the years, struggling with how to be proactive, not what measures I can take, but I mean how I can actually stick to it over the long run, make a true lifestyle change, it occurred to me that it all comes down to priorities, right? I mean, if you're not doing something that you quote unquote should be doing, like exercising regularly, then it's because whatever you are doing is more important to you at that moment. It's that simple. Now, you may or may not be able to articulate why you feel that way, why you feel whatever you're doing is more important at the moment. But sure enough, there are reasons, however complicated they may be. And there's no right or wrong. It's your life, and only you know all the particulars about your life. Sure, there's going to be people who will judge you. But just understand that they are probably judging you to make themselves feel better deep down, which is sad for them. But anyway, so I came to the realization that for me, my entrepreneurial endeavors were more important to me than being proactive about my health because I was doing that and not exercising regularly. Now, I've always been active per se. I've I've been hiking since my late teens, although I hike a lot more now, actually, uh, than I used to. And I've played tennis since my mid-20s, um, although after all these years, I'm only slightly better than when I started. But anyway, but by exercising regularly, I'm talking really getting the heart rate up for a certain amount of time consistently, maybe some strength or resistance training in there as well. Now you can say, well, Adam, you know, it doesn't have to be either or. But more and more, I'm thinking otherwise, at least for a certain period of time. And I'll I'll explain what I mean. I believe that you don't want it to be either or, goals versus health, and that you do realize that your health is an integral part of success. But the thing is, when push comes to shove, if in a given week, for whatever reason, you fall behind and aren't able to work as much on your goals as you normally do, and you're a little anxious about it, you're probably going to skip the yoga or the meditation or the workouts or whatever that week to make up time on your goals. And that inevitably turns into two weeks and three weeks 
and well, you know, you end up not sticking to your plan. Now, as it turns out, I had a hard time exercising regularly, but I didn't seem to have any trouble incorporating chronic stress monitoring into my daily routine. And I think it's because it made me feel more organized, more in control. And that's why journaling is therapeutic, I think, or at least one of the reasons, because you're doing something to help yourself, however small or indirect it may be. And it gives you some sense of control, which in turn reduces your stress level because by definition, stress is the emotional response to feeling a lack of control, powerless, helpless, maybe not that dramatic, but you know what I mean. And that sense of control extends beyond just journaling because you now have the ability to anticipate a flare, to anticipate symptoms. And that mental preparedness really helps. It really does. And it's more than that even because you become more confident and timely in the decisions you make around your work because they're now data-driven, right? You're now able to take calculated risks rather than just blindly plugging away at your working goals, having no idea when your next flare is going to be. But ultimately, the less risk you have to take in the first place, the better, right? So being in a position where you can be proactive more specifically in a position where you can stick to a more proactive lifestyle is ultimately where you want to be. So how do you get there? How do you go from being reactive to proactive? The answer is sustainability planning. What? Think of sustainability planning as the bridge between reactive and proactive. So what do I mean by sustainable or a sustainable lifestyle? Well, there are two parts to my definition of sustainable lifestyle. The first is pretty obvious, which is on average getting a certain targeted amount of rest in each day. I mean, you can't just work without restraint or limits, right? I mean, that's not a winning strategy. And in fact, if you haven't checked out episode 13, Motivational Extremism, It's a pretty short monologue where I I go through what happens when you just say, heck with it, I'm going to push myself as hard as I can. But let's just say it doesn't end well. So the question is, how much rest to target for? For simplicity's sake, I chose a target of seven hours of rest a night and three additional hours of rest during the day for a total of 10 hours of rest per day. That's just a baseline I chose for the system. That's what I'm calling a balanced lifestyle. Now, you may disagree with that, think it should be a little more or a little less, or perhaps you just disagree with the split. Maybe you think it should be six hours of of, uh, sleep and four hours additional rest or eight hours of sleep and two hours additional rest uh, versus seven and three. But I did try to pick something that was fairly reasonable, fairly attainable for most folks. Now, the other part of my definition of sustainable lifestyle is a bit more psychological, but deals with what I just went over in terms of how it all comes down to priorities and the fact that you're going to do what you want to do. Uh, You can call this intrinsic motivation if you want to put a label on it, a desire within you, that natural never-ending drive you have to succeed at your goals, however ambitious they may be. So if you think that As a result of doing something proactive, it puts your goals in jeopardy. You're probably not going to stick to it for long, whether it's getting to bed an hour earlier or 
or working out 30 minutes a day, which inevitably turns into 45 minutes to an hour realistically with stretching or getting to and from the gym or whatever, or even just meditating for a mere three minutes in the morning. And it's not that you lack discipline or motivation. Actually, it's quite the opposite if you really think about it. It's just that your intrinsic motivation trumps everything else because it's part of who you are. You can't change that any more than you can make yourself taller. It would be like changing your personality. In fact, you can argue that it's part of your personality. So it would be a fool's errand, in my opinion, to try to suppress that natural drive even a little bit in an attempt to make time uh, to be more proactive, to incorporate healthy habits into your routine. But I want to be specific. It's not that your goals always take priority over being proactive because that would mean that until you achieve your goals, you would never be able to be proactive. And that's simply not true. You have a certain bandwidth for focusing on your goals, right? How much time you're able to focus on your goals. The question is, how close is that to the amount of time you think you need in order to have any decent chance of actually reaching your goals? That's what defines your satisfaction level. And it's a very specific question. And there is no you know, right or wrong answer here. It's all based on your feelings, which is really important because, again, remember, stress is an emotional response. So your feelings really do matter here. And in fact, BJ Fogg, who I'll, I'll bring up later, says you only change your behavior if it makes you feel good. And I would say vice versa as well. If you feel by doing something new, it's going to jeopardize your goals, that's going to make you feel bad and you're probably going to stop doing whatever it is. So the second part of my definition of a uh, sustainable lifestyle is being satisfied that you're progressing enough towards your goals, the rate that you're progressing. So those two questions are really at the heart of assessing how sustainable your lifestyle is. They are pillars of sustainability, in my opinion. Are you, on average, getting the targeted amount of rest in each day, number one? And number two, are you satisfied with the rate of progress you're making on your goals? Both, in my opinion, have to be addressed before you can even begin a strategy of forming proactive, healthy habits which forming those habits is a whole other animal that I'll get into. But when you've achieved both things, that's called coasting or coasting along in my sustainability matrix. This is the place you want to be because in this category, you're not only satisfied with the rate of progress you're making on your goals, but you're also comfortable maintaining a balanced lifestyle as you're doing so. Now, the next category is squaring a circle. Here, you're also satisfied with the progress you're making on your goals, but you're squeezing more goal-related tasks into your schedule than you actually have time for. Therefore, you're not living a balanced lifestyle, which puts you at higher risk of hitting your stress threshold and triggering symptoms. Now, one reason this could be, this could happen, is if you, you happen to be working on a very consuming type of project, very involved, requires deep thought, and doesn't lend itself to a lot of what I call natural stopping points. One example for me is writing. If I have like 10 thoughts in my head, I'm trying to get them down on paper or Word and make sure it flows well, I'd rather just push through it now and you know get it done so I don't lose my train of thought. 
So the nature of the work that you're doing can certainly make it more difficult to pace yourself. Now, if that's not why you're in squaring a circle, then you would need to think about what non-goal-related tasks you could do less of so that you can rest more and get to coasting along. So in squaring a circle, the time you're spending on your goals is fine, so you generally don't mess with that. Uh, Anyway, moving on to the next category, overextended. If you're overextended, it means you're stretching yourself very thin. You probably feel like it's an uphill battle to fulfill all your responsibilities from the moment you wake up till the moment you go to sleep. Now, one of the many reasons why someone may fall into this category is if you're putting everyone else's needs before your own, trying to be all things to all people. Now, I'm not one to lecture, but please think of yourself first. I like using the example of flying on a plane. On every flight, if you notice, you're instructed to put your oxygen mask on first before helping others. I'd also like to share a Facebook post from a few years ago from a friend, and I thought it would be perfect for this, and, and I asked her if it would if I can use it, and thankfully she said yes. So she posted this image that said, taking care of yourself allows you to invest in others. And she wrote the following along with that. Nothing wrong with helping others. People should do that more often. But if you have to compromise yourself in order to support or help another, you'll end up at a loss, sick and tired. It is just a fact of nature. We end up depleted, resentful and bitter. This is not sustainable. Her words, not mine, but I couldn't have said it any better. So whatever the case, if you're overextended, you're not going to have the wherewithal to sustain that level of effort. And you're at higher risk of triggering symptoms related to stress. Not to mention, with each passing day, you're not making much progress on your goals, if any. So not much fun being in this category. To get to coasting along from being overextended, my two cents is not to try to leap right over to coasting along, but rather... Go through the next category, the last category, which I call chill mode. This way you can give yourself a much needed break. And then after a while, you can start adding more goal-related tasks into your schedule and get the coasting along. Now in chill mode, you're not working very much on your goals, but you are getting enough rest. So to get the coasting along, you need to, again, think of some non-goal-related tasks that you could do less of so that you can, in this case, work more on your goals. Because your resting is, is fine. You, you don't want to mess with that. Unless you're resting so much that you can afford to take on a bigger workload and still maintain a balanced lifestyle. Then you can do that instead or any combination thereof. So this episode is starting to get a little long. I like to try to keep it to around 15 minutes or less. Um, I will pick up from this point in next week's episode. So please tune in next week, which I'm really eager to share my personal experience with this whole sustainability planning process, specifically how I fell off the wagon with regular exercising uh, once the pandemic hit, and then launching this podcast, which really threw a wrench into things. Um, And it's been a huge effort, um, especially in keeping up with the weekly schedule and not missing a single week. Not to mention it totally outside my comfort zone. But How I got back into a sustainable lifestyle, including, and this is really important, how I made sure I was satisfied with the rate of progress I was making on my goals so I could start thinking more proactively with confidence. And it gets interesting um, 
in how you partition certain aspects of your goal. So you can say, as long as I'm okay with this aspect or aspects, the other aspects should not hold me back from pursuing more proactive measures uh, to manage stress, health, and so on. That's very important so you're not unnecessarily holding back from making progress in other areas of your life. So I really hope you'll tune in next week, uh, and I'll be getting into a lot more about how to actually form habits that you'll stick to. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you're all doing well. Please let me know how I'm doing with this podcast or, or any specific comments about this episode on the Perfect Stress Facebook page, or always feel free to email me directly at adam at perfectstresscoaching.com. As always, thank you for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try mystressalarm.com today. It's free for a limited time. There's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's mystressalarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, and if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success, and remember, stress less to be your best.